Welcome to Grave Top Church. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and I'm so grateful for you to be a part of our online service today. Today, we are finishing our series about the right thing, and we are ending on the thought of difficult choices. Difficult choices. And there are just certain moments in life where your convictions and your morals are tested. And there's times where not only does it feel confusing in what choice to make, but it's simply, it's simply difficult regardless of what you choose. And so many times people face these difficult choices and we feel like we are the only ones struggling. Like we're the only ones that have the emotions and the fears that come with these difficult choices. And it can even feel paralyzing. It can make you feel paralyzed as you wonder what is the right thing to do. So it's easy to fall into discouragement, to, into depression because of how isolating this whole experience is. And so today we are going to unpack those moments and look at examples in scripture so that we can be empowered to do the right thing even when it is exceedingly difficult. I want to start off with the idea that reality is more important than our emotions. Reality is greater than our emotions because emotions can cloud your judgment. And I want us to look at David and Absalom. We're going to be looking at three different stories and starting off with David and Absalom. In each of these stories, we're going to be able to identify difficult choices that had to be made and that each and every choice was emotional. I think that's one thing we must comprehend about difficult choices is that they're usually difficult because of the emotions involved. With David and Absalom, he had to choose and see the reality above what was in his heart. For those of y'all who don't know the story, Absalom was David's son who openly rebelled against David. Not just like a teenager situation, but in which he literally tried to steal the kingdom out from under him. And was willing to not only rape all of David's wives, but he was ready to kill David. And he had been, uh, as they were literally in battle, there's this moment in which David is starting to get the upper hand. He's about to, to defeat Absalom. And we're picking up in 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. Now remember, this is David's son who is fighting against him. And it is affecting not just David and Absalom, it's affecting everybody in the nation. Everybody in the nation will be affected by this fight between him and his son. And it says, And the king gave his command, this command to Joab, Abishai, and Ethai, For my sake, deal gently with young Absalom. And all the troops heard the king give this order to his commanders. So even as they're fighting, as David, David himself knows that they're about to win this war, he is asking his army commanders to deal gently, to be merciful to Absalom whenever they, they capture him. And I think that what we must understand in this scenario is that David's heart is breaking in this battle. I mean, anyone that has fought with their own kids, you know that your heart can be crushed. This morning, I was uh, I went to go see my daughter Jules in her swimming lessons, and me and my kids, we have a great relationship. We play together. We I, I'm with them every day. My kids love me, and I love them. We're, there's no big disagreement, right? They're too little. They're they're really little. But 
there's a moment where we do a little prayer in the car and it was Jules's turn to pray and she and she says in the midst of her prayer she says and God I pray that mommy come to my swimming classes and not daddy <laughs> and my heart just broke and my heart was so torn up and it wasn't that she hates me is that she really wanted mommy to be there instead and as simple as it is, nothing personal, my emotions are all connected up in this. Now imagine David in this scenario with Absalom. It's not just this logical like, oh, well, we need to do this X, Y, and Z, and that's just how it has to go. There, there's no way you can ignore your emotions in these kinds of difficult situations. And look what happens in the rest of the story. It says in verse 33 of 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 33, it says, the king was overcome with emotion. So what happens is that we, we see that Absalom is killed. He's killed in battle and he just received the news. And it says that he was overcome with emotion and he went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears as he went. He cried, oh my son Absalom, oh my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, oh Absalom, my son, my son. And I think that we need to recognize that when it comes to difficult choices, you will feel exceptionally emotional. You will feel exceptionally emotional. And whenever you feel that emotion, that raw emotion, I think that we need to just use that as a red flag to our judgment. Because remember, emotions can cloud your judgment. So if there is something that you're deciding about and you feel really emotional about it, like to this point where he's literally crying, if I had died instead of you. I mean, we can take a step back and say, no, that was wrong. Absalom was acting wickedly. It was wrong of him to attack David. But regardless of that, his emotions are still real. And whenever you recognize that you are feeling emotional about something, you must understand that just because you feel right doesn't make you right. Just because you feel right doesn't make you right. And Look at what happens with uh, after this scene. It says in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 5 through 7, it says, Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today and the lives of your sons and your daughters and your wives and your concubines, yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if... Uh, if Absalom had lived and all of us have died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops. For I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you will be worse off than before. You know, this is a, a powerful exhortation by Joab. And what it shows us is that we need someone else to show us the things that we're not seeing. It's pivotal for our lives when it comes to difficult choices. We shouldn't, we shouldn't try to block people out and make the choices ourselves. It is wise to include people we could trust in making those decisions because if everyone else sees it when you don't see it, then you're not really seeing it. We get so clouded in our emotions and everyone else could see what was happening to the people of David, but David himself. And there's simply times where you have to do something when all of your emotions are telling you otherwise. After this scene, we see that David went out and he, he behaved the way that the king was supposed to behave. It shows us 
and that there's these testing moments where you have to do it even though you don't feel like it. This is a moment where it's not like, oh, I don't feel like work, working out today, but I should anyway. It, this is a moment where everything in David is breaking emotionally, but he still has to go out and be the king. He, he's literally having to make this difficult choice of being the king instead of the father. And th that's, that's tough. That's tough. And we all will face these kinds of difficult choices of what hat do you really have to wear right now? And these are difficult times. Whenever you feel emotional about it, I think the key piece to this is looking for those you can confide in to finding out which choice you really need to make. So now that we understand that reality is greater than our emotions, that we should find mentors or people we could trust to lean on in those difficult choices. Now I want us to look at the how faith is greater than fear. Fear can cripple your decision-making ability. We just got done how emotions can cloud your judgment. Now we're talking about fear can cripple your decision-making ability. I notice how all of these are still within our emotions, within our feels. And I want us to look at the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham had to make a choice of choosing faith over the fear of loss. I want us to look at Genesis chapter 22, verses one through two. It says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. Notice this word test, this test. Difficult choices often test our character. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So we have this very meaningful story in the scripture. This is one of the most uh, told stories of the Bible in the moment in which Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son at the time. And what we see is that certain challenges that we face are only challenges because we're afraid of the end result. See, the, the biggest test here is what would happen after I do this. And we see in the book of Hebrews, it talks about Abraham's faith and how he had the faith for God to resurrect Isaac if need be. He had amazing faith that he said, even if I have to go all the way through with it, I know that God will still provide. And this is a big point. I mean, I think every hesitation we have when it comes to our faith is because we're afraid of the end result. We're afraid of loss. And look at what happens in this story. It says in verses 7 through 8 of chapter 22, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. See, this is, this is a powerful example of his faith, that even as his son is like, hey, wh what's going on here? The reason that his son even had that thought is because all of the other gods of this land, of this region, in this time, would commonly sacrifice children. And so he's sitting there thinking like, oh man, like this is what other kids have to go through. This is what other parents do to sacrifice to their gods of Moloch and Baal. What's going on here, dad? And see, in this moment, so many people are curious, like why would God have him do that? See, God is testing his faith in the way that was uh, understandable in that time and region. We say later that is a prophetic vision of God willing to provide a place instead of Abraham's son, 
God provided his own son. And God was not willing to ask anything of Abraham that he wasn't willing to give himself. And in this moment, doing the right thing sometimes requires you to believe that it's for a reason. See, this moment right here is what set Abraham up to be the line of the Messiah, to, to lead to the promise of God, the redemption of all humanity was in this moment. And he simply had faith that it would all work out in the end. When, when Isaac didn't understand how this was all going to end, Abraham had faith that it would all work out in the end. And I think that's really what we're talking about here is when it comes to the difficult choices, the biggest hesitations we have is how is this all going to end? What if I make that choice? What if I do what I think I need to do, but it all ends up falling back on me and it all doesn't work out? What if all crashes over me and, it, and my life is ruined? This is a moment where we have to choose faith in the midst of difficult choices and believe that it's all going to work out in the end because we are trusting in God and we're trusting in the faith that he's given us. And it ends like this. It says in uh, verse seven through eight, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, father, yes, my son. Oh, sorry. I just repeated the same thing. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 11 through 14, it says, at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. And see, I think that's a simile to you truly have faith in God. You have faith in God instead of the fear of this world, the fear of your own actions. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. And see, this is a moment where we see that Abraham chose in a difficult choice. He chose faith over fear, even more specifically over the fear of loss. And we see that it all worked out in that sometimes you don't have to see the purpose or the reward for doing the right thing until the very end. You won't be able to see until the very end, up to the very last second, and all of a sudden God shows him this, uh, this, this meaningful test that he, he goes through. And you have to battle fear all the way to the end. It was up to the point where he's lifting the knife. I mean, down to the wire. It shows that we don't always see the results. We don't see what it was all for until the very end. And we have to battle that fear all the way through, that battle of fear of loss. And I think that it shows us the reason that this is meaningful is because we sometimes initiate and we go to, you know, so far. We go so far saying, I'm not going to be afraid. God will come through. But then like we're really getting down to it. We're like, okay, I don't know. And we start to doubt where we started. We made a decision at the beginning, but then halfway through, we start to doubt what that beginning really was. See, that's the same problem in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, they, they were doing great, but then when the serpent came and deceived Eve, the, the thing he deceived her with was, did God really say that? Did God really tell you to come up on this mountain, Abraham? See, he invoked the doubt, the fear of what was said at the beginning, of where it all started, where it all initiated. And 
If you endure to making the right choice, choosing faith over your fear, then in the end, in the, maybe in the very, very, very end, you will see the purpose. You will see the result. But I urge you to continue in the faith that God has started in you. Now let's end with one last imagery, and that is sacrifice over surrender. Sacrifice over surrender. And this is really the concept of to live, you must die to self. To live, you must die to self. And we're going to look at this final example of God and Jesus. See, we notice how each of these tracks, we've been looking at a father and a son, a father and a son. And now we're looking at the father and the son. And this is a moment of having to choose sacrificial gain over surrendering loss. And I want to be clear in what I'm saying here because I don't want this to be taken out of context. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. I am not saying that we should sacrifice, that sacrifice is more important than obedience. I'm talking about the, that really in the moments where our obedience is seen in sacrifice. In John 3.16, this is where we see it all makes sense. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. See, this is a moment in which you have to be willing to sacrifice in order to gain. He sent his son into the world. He lost something. He's losing something. Jesus himself is losing something. Father God is losing something in order to gain something, in order to redeem something. It took sacrifice. And you, there's these moments where the difficult choice is choosing to lose something in order to win something. And those are hard choices to make because the in-between requires faith and believing that there is a just God who will make things work out when you choose the right thing, even under difficult circumstances. Look at what happens in Matthew chapter 26 through verse 38 through 39. It says, he told them, this is Jesus talking, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, we see that this was not just an easy choice for Jesus himself. This is not a simple thing to be done. He is making a difficult choice out of his own free will, being 100% God and 100% man. He has this deep fear battling in faith in the midst of what he's about to do. And it is breaking his heart. He is, feels like every anxious and defeating thought is pounding at his chest. He says, it is, I'm being crushed with grief. This is the moment in which it says that his sweat was like drops of blood. I mean, he is literally having a complete anxious anxiety attack like never be seen uh, never seen before and his heart is breaking because this is a difficult 
choice. And I would argue that if our, if your heart is not breaking, if you're not feeling emotional, then maybe it's not really a difficult choice because every difficult choice is difficult because of our heart being at conflict with our minds. See, logically, we can make sense of this. The Son of God making a redemption for all of the world, that's a, that's a big trade-off. But I, I would argue that you're talking about the Son of God, God himself making sacrifice of himself when he could, like it says in, in the books of Exodus and in, in, in Deuteronomy, that God could create an entire new world and just start it over if he wanted to. He had other options, but this option he chose to give of himself to gain the world, to gain redemption for us as my, mankind. It was a difficult emotional choice, but he made that choice for you and I. And look what it says in the last moments before he was taken away. It says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 52 through uh, 54, in the moment where they were about to take Jesus away and Peter busts out his sword and, and Jesus says, put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could, I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly. But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? See, these, this is a moment. This is the moment in which Jesus says, I could make the other choice. But if I did, if I, if I surrendered to that, I wouldn't be able to gain the world in, in the sense of redeeming the world. I could do another thing, but if I did, I wouldn't be able to do this thing. And some things that we want simply won't ever happen unless we make that choice to sacrifice. And I want you to ask yourself, what is it that God is calling me to sacrifice? I want us to really not create something or imagine something, but if the Holy Spirit has really been calling you and you feel it in your heart, as soon as I said that, it was brought to your mind and brought to your heart. What is it that God is calling you to sacrifice and what is it to gain? You know, it's not, again, I'm not saying to just like imagine things. But what is the Holy Spirit really saying to you? And if this is just a word that has been confirming to you, that you've been facing difficult choices, and right now everything the Holy Spirit is telling you is, yes, it is a difficult choice, and this is where I'm leading you. Have faith over fear. It, it, maybe this is the moment in which God is trying to just simply give you that sign that, that, that it is the right thing to do. Everything has been leading up to this moment. And maybe you're listening to this and maybe everything is really just impressing on you that the right thing to, for you to do is to accept Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been putting it off for a while. Maybe it's just all in this moment. You feel like that was the right thing for you, that you need to have a surrendering moment to Christ. And if that is you, it, I want you to just simply have a, a prayer. I want you to have a conversation with Jesus because the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, surely you shall be saved. It's saying if you have a genuine heart and talk to him yourself, that that's all it takes to start this journey with him, to start this, this life with him, this relationship with him. You don't need me to lead you through a pretty prayer. You are able to start that journey yourself. You're able to talk to God yourself. And so I'd encourage you, don't let another minute go by. Even right now, maybe you need to just pause this and have that conversation right now. But talk to Jesus so that you can have that right moment with him. All that being said, I hope that this message was edifying for you. I hope that it made a difference in your life. 
If Grave Top has made an impact in your life and you want to help us to continue making an impact in other people's lives, you can do that by uh, by donating to Grave Top Church. All you have to do is go to gravetopchurch.com, click the donate tab, and you're able to give online, and or you're able to give through our our, uh, our church app. All of that is accessible online, but I want you to know that when it comes to the topic of giving, we never want anyone to feel pressured or persuaded to give when you don't want to. It's something to be freely done out of your own heart. But the act of generosity is an empowering act of worship. Because not only do you worship God with your giving, do you worship, are you able to worship God with, uh, with even giving a, a tithe and offering, but you're able to make a difference at, with us being a steward of that gift. Every time someone donates to this church, you extend us to help minister to more people. It really does make a difference, and we're so grateful for those of you who are generous and help support Grave Top Church. All that being said, we love you so much. I hope that this time was edifying for your life. We love you, church. Have a great life.